I, I'm not the biggest fan of the Valley Girl accent, but everyone seems to be a hater of that accent, like, no matter what. Whoa. Yeah, see, here we go. <laughs> Emma, tell us that you hate the accent. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Culturally Conscious. My name is Rebecca Lang, and today with me, I have my very good friend and international superstar, Emma Keen, with us here today to tell us about what it's like to live such a global life. So, hello, Emma. Hello. (laughs) And if you would like to support our podcast, you can do that by subscribing to our Patreon. The link will be in the show notes. And if you'd also like to support us for free, you can follow our Instagram at culturallyconsciouspod or give us a five-star review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So Emma, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here on the pod today. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Guten Tag. Emma is from Germany. She's, and she's, how many languages do you speak now? Oh, well, I wouldn't say I speak that many languages. I do understand a few. I speak, well, I'm fluent in German, obviously, because I am German. I am also fluent in English, as you can hear, and not so quite, but almost fluent in French. And... I feel like that's not <laughs> fair because we have conversations every single week and we talk for like at least 30 minutes in French. So you're telling me about your life and we're, I'm telling you about my, if we have, if we can communicate, that's the whole point of a language. <laughs> yeah, we right? do have a conversation. So, so I guess that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Well, so like, I can count French as like speaking, not, um, not fluently, but like almost. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> I started Spanish about a year ago. So since Spanish and French are kind of similar, I do understand quite a lot, but I cannot really speak it because I just don't have the vocabulary yet. And then (laughs) for some absurd reason, I did start learning Norwegian because I thought it was funny and it actually really is. So yeah, but I totally don't speak it. It's just fun and it's just on my Duolingo. So (laughs) I'm not sure if I can count that. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Emma and I are like little language fiends. We're obsessed. I think you're like one of my only friends that's like really in it in the language world, right? Like I, I have a lot <laughs> in it to win it. You're in it to Girl, win it. Girl, my Duolingo streak. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like I have a lot of friends who are like oh, casually learning languages here and there. And that's like good for them. That's very cute. I'm very supportive of that. But I don't have a lot of friends who are like, yeah, I just started learning Korean the other day and I was really liking it. And now I'm thinking about learning Japanese. And oh, also I'm I'm watching like seven different shows from all different countries. Like you're in it to Yeah, win like it. how many languages can I put on there? Yeah. So why do you like... Oh, I guess we should say how we met as well. So we actually met when we were both mm. au pairs in Paris. How old were you when you were 19, Cute. right? Oh, 19. Yeah, I think oh. I was 19, pretty sure. You were just a little <laughs> baby. I mean, I felt like I was a little baby yeah, back then. Yeah, no, too, I was always the youngest, but it was really great. Yeah, what did you like about being an au pair in Paris? Ooh, everything. I feel like, I don't know, like my family, first of all, first things first, like my, my host family was like the best au pair family ever. They were not from friends. They were from Brazil, actually, but they were so sweet. So that was like a huge plus. And they lived in a really nice apartment, which was also really nice. And yeah, obviously my friends. Hello, Miss Becca. Hello. The friends that I met, like all these international people in like Paris is great. Also French, like the language itself is just so beautiful and being surrounded by it all the time is just like a dream the city is beautiful like it is really like a dream like 
Not 100%, but, like, really, really close. So, Paris... There are rats, and we had some crazy experiences in Paris, which we will share with you, so it's not always a dream. But I agree, because I was talking about this with my mom the other day, that I think the reason why I love Paris so much in France is just because I love the French language. Mm. And so seeing all the signs, everything's written in French for the most part, and just hearing French all the time, it just makes me happy i don't like, know romanticize why. your life like being in a daydream all the time oh my, like at least that's what i do <laughs> oh my god going to a boulangerie and being able to order like a baguette and then walking around with said baguette in tote bag and yes. i don't know it's just it's like very... the biggest success i feel like when i was in paris was literally when i when i ordered something at a bakery in french and they did reply in french to me i was like suckers they thought i was french <laughs> That was great. If people did reply not in French, did they usually reply in English? Or did anyone reply in German to you? Did they <laughs> by your accent? They thought, like, they tried to reply in, uh, reply in German to me. And I was like, dude, my French is better than your German. Why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really see the point in that. And I thought my French was not that bad. So I was like, why? Why are you hurting me? <laughs> Your French has literally always been great since I met you. So Aww. I feel like that's never been an issue. And you and I were definitely able to communicate back in the early days of when we were we were just baby au pairs, right? Yeah. Because we met like the first week really that we were au pairs, yeah, right? I feel like just when we got there, there was like a huge au pair picnic. Like there were so many huge au pair picnics. Yeah, right in front the of the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. Tower. Yes. yes. As basic. <laughs> bitches as we are Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and so many people had to go to the toilet and like one of our friends was like hey i live so close by why don't you just go to my apartment because she did have her own chambre de bonne like her own little apartment atop of her host family the maids which quarters. i didn't have yeah yes like i i didn't have that <laughs> i was just living in my host family's apartment but she was fancy like that and she had a toilet so we were like yeah so we had a little toilet group and we went to the toilet to hers and that's the rest is fate that's how we met yeah the rest is history i mean that was we we were bonded through uh, a mutual need to go to the bathroom and to use yes. our new friend's toilet and basically that became our group you know up until you left unfortunately emma had to yeah. leave us a little early because she had to go be an au pair in new york because she is amazing. Yeah, I had different plans she had, already. <laughs> she had priorities. She was jet-setting. She was like, this is not where Sorry, it ends. Sorry, girl. <laughs> She's a busy global girl. My life is not on this continent. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, all the Americans are, like, trying to get to Europe. And we're, like, romanticizing Yeah, everyone's like, France, Paris. But, like, for the people who don't know me, like, Paris is literally a three-hour train ride from where I live. Because I live in the south of Germany. So it's very, very close. It's, it's nothing special or exotic or, like, I don't know, really, really cool. I mean, it still is really cool. I was going to say, you love Paris. I, can, <laughs> I love Paris, but I can still get there really fast. So it's nothing crazy for me. But like the US, woo, that shit's fire. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so if you want to share more about kind of your history, uh, because it, it goes even beyond just your au pair years. I mean, you've been traveling and living in other countries since you were in high school, Dude. right? <laughs> yeah, so well, since I live in Germany, and it's really in the center of Europe, I've been always traveling a lot with my parents and my sister, as like 
pretty much every German person does. Like Italy is very close, France is, Austria is, like even Poland or Croatia. So like a lot of that. And then my sister also was like traveling quite a lot. She did an au pair in London and like a semester abroad in Norway. So we always like me and my sister go somewhere and my parents just like follow us and visit us where we are so we did fo uh, follow her or like visit her in London and we also visited her in Norway and yeah like I did a lot of that when I was a kid and then I went to like a language travel I would say to pretty much just improve my English before my finals in high school with my best friend to San Diego in the U.S. that was my first time in the U.S. and I was like woo that's really cool here <laughs> And even before that, I went on a student exchange to India, to New Delhi. That was like my first time out of Europe, which was crazy, especially New Delhi is like a crazy city. It's huge and it's so different than everything I knew. And yeah, and then I was an au pair after that. I did an au pair in Paris. I did an au pair in New York. And after that, <laughs> it goes on, girls, it goes on. <laughs> so I had a little bit of time traveling Mexico, like just as a backpacker. Instead of a backpack, I did have a carry-on, but, like, same vibes. <laughs> a carry-oner. <laughs> yeah, a carry-oner, literally. And then the last big travel I did was to Brazil, to Rio, where I did volunteering. And that's kind of where it ends for now. <laughs> oh, for now. Well, didn't you just go to Italy, like, yeah. earlier well, this I month or something? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I did go to Italy after that. But, like, it's Italy. It's really close. So that doesn't really count. <laughs> it's never-ending, honestly, with you. Because you just... You, it's. I think it, you and I have this in common where it's just always going to be something that we do. We're always going to be living in other countries for mm. a little bit here and there. And we're always going to be interested in going outside of what we know and experiencing new things. Yeah, that's just the life of a jet setter, you know? <laughs> uh, two jet setting queens just flying around the globe. What can we say? It's just who we are. <laughs> it's just who we are. It's our vibes. So what specifically do you love about traveling, would you say? What, what does it provide for you? Well, so many different things. I feel like all sorts of different traveling, like if you're with a person, if you're alone, if you're staying somewhere for longer, just like for a very short period, it gives you like different experiences so I feel like especially with my parents like everything was planned by them I didn't really have a say so I wouldn't really say it was like real traveling for me but like a huge part of like my traveling experience is like my first dipping into it was when I went to India on a student exchange because I was there for three weeks I had an exchange partner and lived with her family and like I was just fully thrown into a new culture a language that I'd by then did not speak that well and just like new food new everything and I was pretty much alone with her most of the time we did like we did go and do little trips with the whole class but mainly I was with her and it was like scary in the beginning but it taught me so much like my English improved like crazy when I was there and I was just way more open and like meeting new people it was it was my first real experience of that sort and then also like my pair years like i think it was in total one and a half years half a year in paris and then one year in new york i don't know like it was a very different vibe because i knew that i was going to be there for longer and i knew that i did not have to do all the touristic things in the first five days like i had time to experience to just get to know the cities really really well and find my places in there new where like where my comfort zone like my little comfort places where and 
I don't know, it was a very different experience, but I think I enjoyed it even better, like having a lot of time to really get to know it. And yeah, then I did little weekend trips in the US with my friends, which is also very different because you literally just had like two or three days to do everything in one city. And you're just running from one place to the next, but it's so like experience dense. You have so many things in one day, but it that's also really exciting. Like it's it's different, but it's really cool. And then like solo traveling is just a whole different thing because you're literally just on your own. You don't have a host family. You don't have friends. You just you're just on your own. If you're like if you're like something shitty happens to you then you have to figure out yourself how to get out of it (laughs) pretty much Mm -hmm. but like it makes you grow as a person so much and you get so much more independent and confident and like your language skills like they're gonna be through the roof really really good and I don't know like I cannot say which which part of like traveling or like which experience was my favorite they all have their positives and like negatives but I don't know I really do like the longer stays in a country yeah me too I think after living in France twice first for six months and then for a year it's just it's just such a good way to really get to know the culture beyond you know oh they eat snails in France and they like the accordion (laughs) a lot I guess I don't know yes oh my god (laughs) that's what you get when you're just there for a week versus when you can really and I know For a lot of people, they don't want to go spend, they don't want to uproot their whole lives and go live in another country because I understand it's super hard. And I feel a lot of people ask me like, oh, I kind of want to do that, but I'm scared. Should I? Do you think it's worth it? I'm like, it's 100% worth it. But (laughs) of course it's it's worth it. Yeah, It could not be more worth it. But don't do it if you're not in love with that country or really, really into traveling like it's just it's so hard if you don't love either the language that you have to speak every day or even just the culture you know it's you have to have motivation beyond just wanting to travel and get out there because or else it's just painful yeah don't do it because people say that it's so fun and that like it's gonna change your life you should do it because you want to do it because you want to learn because you I don't know want to meet new people but don't just do it because people keep telling you that it's such a great experience it's like it has to come out of yourself, if that, if that makes sense. But, like, you have yeah. to have that inner motivation to actually, like, get something out of it. Because if you're in a different country and you're just going to sit there and do the same things that you do back home, it's not going to be a great experience because you're not going to have the same people around you that you usually do your, like, usual little things with. So you have to be able to adjust to a new environment and, like, be ready to do that because if you're thinking oh I'm just gonna do my old shit but like in a different country that's not gonna work it's not gonna work and you will be miserable I remember when I got COVID back in January 2000 or 2000 2021 uh, my host kid gave it to me I was the only person in the family that she gave COVID to everybody else tested negative except for me and I was like thanks Margo shout out to Margo <laughs> my, my old pair child but Yeah, I remember getting COVID and I couldn't leave the house, obviously, for a week. I think it was even a little more than a week before I was finally testing negative. And I was just rotting in bed watching movies. I was actually rewatching. Yeah, I got you. I was rewatching Glee. And I don't know why I did that because my mental health was already like at a low point. And then I was like, how do we make it worse? (laughs) So 
time I watched all of Glee and just oh my sitting at home. And I think I do a lot more sitting at home just watching TV when I am in the U.S. Just because mm-hmm. I'm less mo- motivated to go out and explore because I'm home. Yes. I feel like I, who cares? Even though that's not true and I should have a different mentality, but whatevs. So that one week where I was really just kind of sitting at home, not doing anything, it was just torture. And it sucked because I couldn't leave my room. I was completely alone and my host family just didn't even want to interact with me because they didn't want to get COVID. Like, fair enough. Yeah. But all I wanted... Yeah, I get it. I wanted, like, my creature comforts of knowing, like, my mom was home to help me and, like, make me soup. But nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, like, someone to care for you, literally. Yeah. So when you're in those hard moments and you're completely by yourself in a foreign country... You know, just, like, buck up. (laughs) It's gonna be hard. I was there, like, I got to New York in, like, in the beginning of January last year. And, like, my whole host family had COVID. And I was pretty much the only one who didn't. So, like, they didn't want to get close to me to, to, like, give it to me. So it was like, this sucks. Like, I just got here and I'm not allowed to interact with the kids. Like, how am I supposed to get to know them? This is so awkward. Yeah. So I was just, like... We had like a huge table, so they were always eating on the one side of the table, and I was just sitting on the other side by myself with my meal, like, hello over there, like, how are you guys? And they were like, we're still sick. So that that sucked. Yeah, honestly, being an au pair during COVID times was kind of crazy and dealing with all of the regulations and mm. uh, what was the, oh my gosh, what was the name of that paper that we had to get, like the QR code? Oh, I can't even remember. I have no idea. I didn't get that. In France? Oh, never mind. Well, you know, remember we had to, like, show our little paper to say that we were vaccinated just to get into any... Okay, well, anyway. No, oh, I think I had, like, a German... Oh, you had a German one, so you... Simmer simmer thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it was was crazy times. Oh, pass sanitaire. Like, your sanitary pass. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Pass sanitaire. I I was like, how did I forget that? Because every single time I would go to a restaurant or a club or a bar whatever, they'd always say, pass sanitaire. I'm like, okay, I have mine. And it took me forever to get it because I had to convert my American, literally just a piece of paper that says I got vaccinated. (laughs) No official fancy document, nothing. And so it just took a while. You know, French bureaucracy. I think it's European bureaucracy because you say the same thing about Germany. Oh my goodness, German bureaucracy. (laughs) Even worse than French. (laughs) Like, I don't know if there's any bureaucracy that's worse than German. (laughs) But no, I get it totally. Like, being a pair during COVID was, it was tough. Like, I was actually kind of happy that I, like, my trip to New York got delayed over one and a half years. Because if I would have got there the time that I actually planned to go there, I would have been stuck inside with my kids homeschooling, like, working crazy hours all the time, not being able to meet anyone, go outside, or just, like, enjoy the U.S. Because it was fucking COVID. <laughs> yeah. my The au pair that was there before me for my host family, I felt so bad for her because I think she arrived like I must have been in September because that's when school starts so it must have been September of 2019 and she yeah I know and she was getting her master's degree at a university in France at the same time so she thought she thought she was going to be going to school making friends having the time of her life and then it was like lockdown and my host mom was like I felt so bad for her because I had to be her best friend and like who wants that Oh my goodness. Like I would have been miserable if I were her. And but I was lucky too. You and I were both blessed to find amazing host families. And I remember talking to her on the phone um before I was officially hired by my host family. 
And she was like, look, I've been here during COVID. I've pretty much only been hanging out with the family and I still recommend <laughs> them. I still like them. And I was like, wow, that is just a medal wow, of that honor. Is, woo. <laughs> that is, that's a big deal. So yeah, shout out to the au pairs who were doing COVID life abroad. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They're real warriors. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we showed up kind of more closer to the tail end of things. There was only one period of time, I want to say in January, that they started actually closing all the bars and clubs again back in Paris because- you know, it was like after the holidays, the COVID <laughs> That spiked. was when I was gone already. <laughs> yeah, you were like, and then you were in the U.S., so it was like, you do whatever you want, you know, no, yeah. probably not that many rules at that time by 2021. No, like zero rules. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. that's our, oh, it was 2022. I keep saying 2021, it was 2022. I can't, mm. time is just flying so, so quickly. But coming from Germany to the U.S., where there's some things, you know, what, what stood out to you as being very different and what did you like about the U.S. coming from a European perspective? Well, I would say that <laughs> as everyone pretty much knows, like New York is very different than the rest of the U.S., I would say. But like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this sounds really bad. Like one huge thing that I saw when I was going to the U.S. was like, damn, they have like a lot of garbage here. <laughs> <laughs> people don't really recycle that much and like there's plastic everywhere and I was like whoa this is different but I don't know like people are very open they're really like talkative which I am too as you can hear (laughs) but like that's not a thing in Germany like people are way more closed up and they don't I don't know, they're not so friendly with strangers, I would say. <laughs> so I feel like... My other German friend, Rebecca, she always talks about how, like, that's why she likes the U.S. more. To, well, she wouldn't say more, but she really likes the U.S. because we're so friendly and people just, like, smile at each other. Or It's, it's more mm. common for people to just start random conversations with strangers. And she's like, yeah. German people are not like that. And I'm like, well, Emma is the German that I know the most. And she's like... <laughs> She's just as, like, extroverted. <laughs> She's, like, talking nonstop. I know. I was like, that's so funny because that's just not my experience with the Germans that I know. But maybe I just know the best of the country. No. Well, maybe I'm just different. Yeah. No. She's built different. Kidding. No, but that that's different. Like, definitely one thing that I noticed. Like, even if people are not really meaning what they say, like, they, you go in somewhere and they're like, hey, how are you? Like, they don't really want to know how you are. But, like, people in Germany don't want to know how you are as well. And they don't ask. Yeah. So, like, at least you feel like someone's caring, even if they probably are not. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like that's just, like, a nice little touch that they have. Like, that you, too. Like, you as well. You're, like, I don't know. It's just, like, smiley, talkative, open. It's a little different. So, I feel like that was definitely positive because I am like that, too. So, I fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting because obviously not all Americans are going to be open-minded and, you know, happy to have conversations and just whatever Mm. and energetic and whatnot. But it is interesting that us as a general culture, we still have that vibe, even though it's not every single person. But I think and I think we have a pretty good reputation in terms of that. I mean, we have a lot of bad stereotypes and bad reputations around the world as well. But at, Girl, tell me about yeah. it. <laughs> but at least people think we're nice for the most part and like yeah, friendly. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. Yeah. No, definitely. That was a huge plus. I don't know. There's like so many different things. I mean, it's also very different because I lived with a quite wealthy family. So that's definitely not like the stereotype of American person that I lived with because also my host family in New York was German. <laughs> well, I didn't even, I didn't even mention that yet, but no, 
I feel like I was getting a very specific experience in the US, like living in New York, in Manhattan, like right my across the had... street from Central Park too. Like not even just yes. yeah. You're like really somewhere in Manhattan. In the, like like the upper... in on the upper west yeah. side. Yeah. Like my host family had a house in the Hamptons. So that was the experience that I was getting. So I wouldn't say that that is like the general American no. experience, but it was definitely nice for me. Like that's the perks of being an au pair. Usually families who get au pairs are like wealthy, sometimes rich, but like at least wealthy. Yeah. So they have nice apartments. They have nice houses. They have like huge fridges, which is really nice because like we had so much food. I was like, I was cooking for them. So I was able to cook really fancy and nice things. So I really had a really nice experience with them because they just live this bougie life that I myself could never afford. But it was really nice being with them because I got the perks of living in a nice house and like going on nice holidays. But I didn't work as hard as they did. <laughs> I literally just watched over the kids. So that is like a win-win from my side. I know. And even for me, I feel like I got to benefit a little bit because I came to visit you in New York and walking around, I've <laughs> yeah. never been in such a nice apartment. It was absolutely insane. Like Gossip Girl level. Like that was the world you were running in. You were in this kind of like yes. elite American, well, American and Germany or German like society. And you met a lot of interesting people. They, they had a lot of house parties. And didn't you say you met like yes. politicians from around the world? Oh, I was like, goodness. it's real. They do yeah. that. Yeah, I was like, they really, like, it's a real thing. It's not just in the movies. Like, they have brunches after Thanksgiving with, like, a private chef cooking, like, little treats for them in their kitchen. Like, bringing so much fancy, like, lobster rolls. Like, we had, we had caviar and stuff for, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was crazy. Like, it was my host mom's birthday as well when I was there. And she had a huge party. And they were, like, there was, like, I think an Ethiopian princess like, oh. I don't even know. Like, there was princesses. They were, like, CEOs of companies. There was one time when we were in the Hamptons, there was the literal, like, chef editor of one of the biggest uh, newspapers in Germany visiting us. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This is going to be so interesting. Like, he's going to be an intellectual. So cool. It's going to be so cool speaking to him. And then he turned out to be, like, the greatest asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I, I really hope he never hears this but like I'm so I, I sure don't that think, he will never hear this <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not gonna hear this podcast but like he was so it was so uncomfortable being around him and he was like just order us around as if I was like a maid or a little like his slave so it was a really bad experience but like a lot of the time I met so many interesting people and a lot of them were really kind and like just like my host parents they're really kind people as well so I did meet really cool people when I was there. <laughs> yeah, you were lucky because you were not only just experiencing life in the U.S., but you were experiencing a really particular I don't, social class that yes. seems to be very, uh, like, everyone else is on the outside of, and we don't really know the ins and outs of what really goes on. Yeah. So the fact that you were kind of a part of that world, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm American. I know a lot of what goes around here or what happens in this country, but still there was so much for you to teach me about what you were experiencing just because, again, you were like, you were in this little elite world and, and yeah, you were like, oh I my know. God, seeing the Sometimes kids it rooms, feels like crazy. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Sometimes it was like a fever dream. Like I'm, I think now, like, did I actually do this? Like, did I live in New York for a year with these people? Because I've never been in such an elite society before. I've never even dreamed of 
being there because my parents are like normal people I don't know like middle class Mm -hmm. my dad is literally a potter (laughs) I don't know that's like kind of special though and I was like I I love that he's a potter and also I saw the picture you posted on your like story or whatever with you and your little family and your dad who just like (laughs) looks like a little artist and I was like I can't wait to meet your family because they just look so cute and I know like you're the product of your parents so your parents must be amazing (laughs) and yeah but you you come from a humble background yeah, I come from like a normal family. I live on the countryside and then I was there in the middle of New York City with these really, really wealthy people who just had crazy like parties and went on crazy holidays. And like for a little, like a whole month in summer, I was alone at the house because they went on a Europe trip and I was just like living alone in New York in like a beautiful house. <laughs> uh, amazing. Yeah, that was your life. And oh my gosh, they're like rooftop balcony situation. That was my mm. favorite part because I just feel like that's kind of like, un- well, unheard of in my social class <laughs> for New York. Yes. Yeah. So, well, in mine too. <laughs> yeah. In, in our normal level of life. Uh, yeah. We don't really see that too often. So it was just pretty mind blowing. But yeah. What were some things that maybe you didn't like about the US or things that maybe surprised you that you're like, oh, not so sure about that? Well, I would say that, I mean, I I knew that before, but it's kind of strange that, well, especially like the language thing in the US, people just know that everyone speaks English, which is like the truth. Like everyone does. I do speak English. I like every, all of my friends, everyone I know in Germany speaks English. So they just like a lot of people don't bother <laughs> to learn other languages or like they had them in school at some point, but they really didn't focus or they didn't like have a real purpose or reason to learn them because why would you like everyone understands you there's not really I don't know such a a real reason to do so so they don't put as much effort in it and I feel like you kind of lose a lot by it because by knowing someone's language you get so much more of their culture like being able to understand something in the original language just makes you understand the whole thing so much better like when I watch a movie in English like the jokes are so much better than if they're translated into German it's just a whole different thing if you're in a different country you're gonna be able to understand the people you're gonna be able to like ask them for recommendations and what like the local people do and not only just the tourist stuff so if you are only speaking English and you go to a country people already will know that you are a tourist Mm -hmm. so they're only gonna recommend tourist stuff to you they're gonna make things a lot more expensive because they know that you have the money because you're a tourist that means you have the money to travel abroad to a different country so like being able to speak another language just opens so many doors and I feel like because they don't really have that reason to learn another language. A lot of Americans just don't. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of sad. It's not really in our culture to learn other languages. And honestly, you would think theoretically it would be just because we are such a diverse nation and we have so many different languages that are spoken here. In fact, we don't even have an official language. Like English Mm. is not the national language. We just don't have one for our country because there are just so many languages that are spoken here. So again, you would think that would foster more multicultural connection and education. Uh, But unfortunately, that's not the case. And most people do not start learning languages until minimum middle school or high school that's when I started learning French for the first time and that changed my whole world once I started learning French because I was like this is 
not only is this just so much fun and I, I like this, but there's a whole world outside of what I know yes. and all I want to do is explore it. And that's what learning a language will do. It just, it, it literally opens you up to a completely different universe. You have different media that you can understand and watch now. Different little idioms that, I, there's some idioms in French that I like better than in English because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's fun, poetic language. So it opens you up to different ways of thinking about things. What else? I mean, there's just I so feel many like benefits. there's just the possibility of just having a completely different character in a different language. Like, that's how it is for me. I'm such a different person when I speak English. I'm so much more outgoing and talkative and just, like, confident, I feel like. if I'm so much less awkward when I speak English, which is kind of weird because it's not my mother tongue. Like, I should be more comfortable speaking German. But, like, I don't know, for some reason, when I speak English... I feel more, I don't know, like I kind of adopted the character, like the characteristics of an American person, I feel like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I'm like, I speak more, I'm more open, I talk, like, I just go to random people and talk to them. I would never do that in German, like, never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember in, definitely with French, I notice I'm a lot more negative and I complain a lot more when I'm speaking French. <laughs> Maybe it's just the language, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that's the culture too rubbing off on me just because I you you tend to and you do this with your friends too, like you adopt their mannerisms and ways of speaking and the words they use. So you do that also I think with the attitudes and the behaviors of whatever yes. country you're staying in. So I remember like <laughs> I was coming back from the airport I think and my friend and I were supposed to get on a train to take us back from the airport to my house. And one of the trains was down or something. There was a delay. And I remember I reacted immediately like, oh, putain, mais fait chier, mais pourquoi ça? And I was like, why am I so mad? Like, why am I so, why am I saying all of this? I think it's literally just because I was thinking in French because I was mm-hmm. in France, you know, you're when you're around it, you just kind of think in that language too. But it just, I, I really, I watched myself have this reaction, this <laughs> anger, and just like, ooh, like it was so upset and like complaining. And I was just like, that is the French influence, absolutely. Yes, they yes, love to for complain. sure. No, so I, you become I, more outgoing and optimistic, but if you learn French, you'll just like, you'll be more blasé and complain yes. a bit more. <laughs> no, I was definitely noticing that I actually swear a lot more when it, I speak English because it's just a lot more casual swearing. Like you don't actually mean bitch when you say bitch. Like I thought I I, I mean I do. Friend, I call <laughs> my kidding. friends bitch, but like if I would do that in German, it would be so much more serious. Like people would be offended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it just doesn't work like that in German. So just having that pro of being like such a way more casual language in English also like English doesn't have like the formal addressing form as German has like in Germany if you meet a person you are not going to like address them very informal there's like a different pronoun so that's what are you going to use and like just the fact that you don't even have that in English is like showing how much more I don't know, casual the whole language is. And I really enjoy that <laughs> because I like yeah. to swear. <laughs> no, no, I feel like that's something really cool. I do think about that a lot and how most languages that I know, I haven't met a language yet like English where they don't have a formal you like we have. You know, we just address everyone with you, whether you're uh, an elder or a fancy CEO of a company or mm-hmm. you're just talking to like your five-year-old kid or your best friend. I think... 
I think about that a lot and how that has probably impacted my psyche because yeah. I do think sometimes in Europe they're a little bit more tradition-based and they tend to be a bit more formal, whether it's France or Germany. And just like the way you guys, I mean, I don't know mm -hmm. if it's the same in German, but in France, the way they write emails, it's so like, to who it may concern, I, I pray that you answer this. Like, it's so formal, whereas Americans were like, hey, pal. Yeah, you can really feel like more of like a language hierarchy. I feel like, like, if I address someone with the informal you that already puts them on my level, whereas if I address them with the formal you that shows that I'm underneath them, I don't know. So that's, that definitely sets a hierarchy. So I kind of like that about English, that they don't have that. I really like it, actually, because, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty anti-hierarchy in general because I think we're all just human beings and we shouldn't <laughs> try to put people up on pedestals. It's not really good for them and it's not good for us because then they get a big head and they're not really living in reality and blah, 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 blah. So I actually, I'm really grateful that that exists in my native language because I think just by having that, it has influenced me to see the world subconsciously as just like, well, we're all, you know. We're just, all on the same page. We're all the yeah. same and why should I talk to you and I don't know a much obviously we yeah. do speak to people differently depending on the situation we do have more formal speech in that way but we don't have it like coded into our language that when I'm speaking exactly. to this person I'm gonna be fancy you know so I do yes. I do think that but even Americans are I think a lot more casual than even British people I don't I think Australians are <laughs> yes. pretty chill from what I could tell I feel like Australians are like the Americans of the east like, I feel like they travel a lot. They they can be kind of loud. Yes. Every Australian I've met um, while traveling in, like, hostels, they're like, I see Australians everywhere, and I'm trying to get away from them. I'm trying to hide from the Australians. We're so annoying. And I'm like, that's me with Americans. But that's literally the Germans, too. Like, they're everywhere. Like, everywhere I go, every hostel that I've been to abroad, like, Mexico, Brazil, like, everywhere, there's German people. <laughs> I don't know. We like traveling. It's it's it was surprising to me because it's a small country, but like we have a big population, and pff, I don't know. We just like traveling, I guess. I mean, I'm one of them. Well, <laughs> who am I to judge? Exactly. But... <laughs> You're like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, get this away. Is only room room for one German. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, well, you guys were raised, you know, speaking English, obviously, in school, but did you, was it also, I mean, you were speaking French as well mm. in yes. elementary school, middle school? So, well, I learned German from my parents, and then everyone starts learning English in elementary school, I think in second or third grade, so when you're around, like, eight or nine, and then everyone has to have another language in middle school, otherwise you're not, like, allowed to do your finals, I think. So it's mainly either French, Spanish, or Italian. A lot of people also learn Latin, <laughs> but I never met anyone who actually liked it. And yeah, so I, I learned French when I was in eighth grade. And then a lot of the time, you can also learn a third language. So that's what my sister did. She did English, English French, and Latin. And yeah, I feel like it is it is very different than in the US because we do have to learn English very well because it's just how things are. Like, you have to be able to speak English. And then, I don't know, like, with other languages, I think a lot of people are not as serious. Um, they just do it because it's, like, 
you're in school, so you have to do it. But they kind of forget how many benefits it has. Like now that I picked up French, like I picked up French again after like three years of not speaking it. So like I dropped it when I was in 10th grade. And then I like kind of picked it up again when I went to Paris as an au pair because duh, <laughs> I was in Paris and like it just showed me, I mean, my brain, I was remembering a lot, but like if you just do a little bit every day, it can help you so much. Like it's crazy and like it does so much for your brain, like it is proven that it helps with like dementia and just your general, I don't know, remembering things. So being bilingual, like trilingual, like multilingual I don't know is really good for your brain and like just your health so I think that's such a cool thing and I don't know like I feel like more people should learn languages <laughs> I mean I agree that's partially why I'm doing this podcast because I'm like guys you guys should be learning languages too because yes. it's just so much fun I want people to uh to understand that it's it's something you could do I think when I first started learning French I it was hard for me to imagine being fluent in French because it was just so far, you know, and it took me like eight years before I was really, really fluent in French. But if I had moved to France earlier, it would have taken a lot less time, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I used to think I, it was hard for me to see the little light at the end of the tunnel, especially when I was younger, because everything just feels more intense then but yeah. now that I'm older and I speak four languages now I mean again not fluent in the last two but definitely bilingual in French and English and I would say intermediate in German I would yes, say that you're getting really close to German like I always tell people like girl this little lady from LA she's like <laughs> she just learned German maybe like at that point when I was talking to people like a year ago and she is almost fluent. Like, if she can do it, you can do it. Like, it's not that hard. You just have to, like, sit your ass down and, like, do the work. Yeah. But sit your know. ass down and get on Duolingo. God damn it. <laughs> Girl, I love Duolingo. Literally. Like, it's so cliche. And I feel like so many people keep telling me, oh, Duolingo doesn't actually teach you the real language. I feel like, shut up. Like, like, that's, uh, sure. Yeah. Sure, it doesn't that's go any grammar. People are too lazy to do Duolingo. <laughs> I'm like, well, and I just feel like, you can look up the, I don't know, when I when I think about Duolingo as a language learning platform, it's just so easy and it's very accessible. And I think it's built yes. for the average person. It's for free. It's for free. That's number one. But it's also built for people who don't, who aren't like linguists or like people who are constantly learning new languages. It's built for people exactly. who are maybe deciding that they want to dabble a little bit more in a new language. So it has to be kind of less structured in the grammar and those lessons yeah. and it's, it's mainly fun. just repeating stuff yeah it's i think which is it's how you learn learning because when you're exactly when you're learning uh german or english as your native language you don't learn the grammar yes you go to school i mean i feel like in america we really don't even we, we know some grammar but i can't tell you like the, what the perfect the past perfect tense in English is you can but I can't because we don't learn English as a language I, I feel like you guys learn about German a little bit more as a language and the French do as well but mm. we so when you're learning a language when you're a little kid you're not learning the grammar you're learning it by just having to repeat things and so exactly I find it very valuable. and that's exactly what you do on Duolingo like it helped me so much with vocabulary because you just do the same thing over and over again so at some point it's just gonna stuck like get stuck I feel like especially with French because you have so many like little phrases like saying like a negative thing in French like you always have to do the ne pas mm -hmm. and at some point like 
in the beginning, it's kind of hard, but at some point, if you do it over and over and over again, it's going to get stuck in your head. So I feel like for that, Duolingo is really, really great. And like, I mean, Duolingo is really cool for people who don't go to school anymore, because I feel like people underestimate the power of like having a teacher teach you things Mm -hmm. like it's so valuable. Mm -hmm. Like in school, I feel like a lot of kids, they're just not not into it. I mean, I get it. I wasn't either. Like my English relationship was literally like an enemies to lovers (laughs) trope, as they call it. Like I hated English when I was a kid and I was so far behind my peers And at some point, I just had, like, a really, really great teacher. And I went from a D to an A within three months. Like, that's what a good teacher can do. And, like, ever since, I was an A. And I was like, that is so crazy. If If everyone had a great teacher like that, they could be, like, bilingual, trilingual. Like, it could be everyone could just be communicating so much better. And if you don't have that teacher, like, how are you going to learn? So I feel like Duolingo is a really cool thing for that. It really sounds like we're doing, like, an app I know, Duolingo. Not, we're not. We're not paying. No, unsponsored. <laughs> we just – I feel like – I would not have the my level of German today without Little Miss Duolingo. So I'm I'm a very loyal Duolingoist. I mean, I've been doing Duolingo yes. since I think I was in high school and uh, with French. So and I I've done so many different languages too on Duolingo. I've dabbled in like mm-hmm. Japanese, Korean a little bit, you know, yeah. Hebrew at one point. Girl. So why do you think I started Norwegian? I I, I literally just saw it on Duolingo. I was like that sounds fun, <laughs> and it actually is really cool. Like it's really nice. I don't know. And I like, not to brag, but like I'm on an over 600 day streak. So like just the part of this streak helps you so much because it's kind of a competi- competition with yourself. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, can I make it one more day? Like, <laughs> oh, if I like if I don't do it today, I suck. Like I cannot even keep a 20 day streak going. So it's kind of just competing against yourself. Like how far can I can I go? Yeah, it definitely helps. So that's really cool. It helps so much with motivation. I think, again, for the average person who's just deciding oh maybe I want to learn a little bit of Spanish they need I think that's kind of the hardest part especially in the beginning is staying motivated because you Mm -hmm. know so little and even though you learn just a little bit and it feels like you've learned so much it's still easy to kind of be like well I'm never going to learn this language this is so hard this accent especially in the beginning it's very overwhelming so anyway slay for Duolingo but other than Duolingo do you have what else do you do that helps you learn your languages well, first of all, I'll talk to you <laughs> once a week. Yeah, that woo-hoo! that's like my number one tip. Like, get international I know. friends. Like, it's so good talking to them. Like, you're gonna feel awkward in the beginning, but like the cool thing about our language relationship is, I think that we're speaking French and we're both not le- like not native speakers. So. I feel like if I would speak to a French person, I would feel so much more dumb because they would be like, well, why are you making this mistake? Uh, are you like stupid? But for you, because I knew, I know that you also learned French as a, as a second language, that you understand the mistakes that I make. So it's mm-hmm. so much more easy for me to be like talking because otherwise, if I would speak to a French person, I would just be so con- like self-conscious all the time and be like, eh, can I do this? So... I feel like that is something really, really cool. And then definitely, like, for me, <laughs> it's kind of stupid. Like, switching your phone to a different uh, to a different language, it helps. It does so much. Tremendously. Because it, it forces you yeah, to, like, like sometimes to be thinking in that language. I wonder, oh, what is my phone saying to me? Like, I don't understand. But, like, I have to understand because otherwise I'm not going to be able to operate my phone. But, like, that is something really cool. Just listening to music, watching 
YouTube videos, watching movies, maybe watching movies that you already know or like reading books that you already know. So you know what's going on and you know like which specific scene is doing what, but like then in a different language, you can understand, you can get the vocabulary in because you don't have to focus on the meaning so much. I feel like that's really cool. Also, like for me, watching YouTube videos, especially about topics that I like, like I watched so many cooking and baking videos in English and like I learned the words like spatula and like whisk and like that kind of stuff stuff because I watch these videos and because that's what I'm interested in so you have to find something that you actually like and not force yourself to like listen to I don't want to listen to like a financial podcast in English because that's not what I'm interested in like find the things that you actually like and do them in a different language I feel like that can be really cool yeah I think when I first started learning French I and even you know when I first started learning German I was just trying to take in whatever media that I could so I could practice But Mm -hmm. usually, you know, a few months in or a year into learning that language, I start to find the media that I like, you know, that is interesting to me. And once I find that, you know, it's it's so much more motivating. And once I have like, you know, we both love the French artist Pum. Shout out to Pum. We love love her her so much. I went to her concert. I know. I'm so jealous. But because, you know, I love her, you know, I like follow her on Instagram now and I see all her stories and just watching her stories, like there's French in it. So yes, I'm just great. I'm just interested because I like her as an artist, but I'm also always practicing just by interacting with any of the media that she creates because... It's all in French. So I think that's as, you know, it's important to listen to podcasts, listen to music and watch movies, all that, of course. But it's really important that it's something you enjoy. Yes, exactly. I I completely agree. Also, Loki, like just talking to yourself, like even if you if you look like a psychic, like, I don't know if you look like someone completely weird on the street. I don't maybe not do it in public. I don't know. But yeah, maybe not on the street. But but I do that all the time. Like I, I like I stand in the bathroom and I just, I don't know, replay a scene that I saw in a movie, like in my head, I talk out loud, like it's really cool to say it out loud because that helps your pronunciation, but even just in your head, like just repeat things that you heard somewhere or like little like puns or how people say things. I feel like that helps so much because if you just repeat them in your head or speak them out loud, whichever you prefer, (laughs) I feel like that can be really cool. And like, lastly for sure just moving to a different country of course hello i feel like really getting a hundred percent fluent it helps you so much if you're in the country you're completely like always surrounded by it you have people Mm -hmm. talk to you like even if it's just like even if you're just on the metro and someone says pardon if they want to get out like it's just always there you're in the supermarket you see it like there's people talking to you on the street in the boulangerie like everywhere you meet friends. It's like you don't even know what you don't know how to say until you're there and you're being yeah. forced to say. I remember like one time I was telling my host kids, oh, you can't cross the street. Wait until the crosswalk. But for some reason, I had just never come across the word crosswalk in my French language, what my French education. So I asked my host kid, I was like, what's the word for that thing over there? The thing that you use to cross the street? And she was like... <laughs> you don't know what that's called. And I was like, no, I just haven't come across it yet. She was eight and she was mm-hmm. my biggest bully. <laughs> and and she was like, well, I'm not going to tell you. You should know that word. And walked away. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I was, Badass. Okay. I know. I, but again, it's like, 
I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even think to look that up until I needed to use that word. You know what I mean? Yes. So it is, I did, it's uh, passage piéton, for those who are wondering. Uh, I did look, I did find out the word. I think I asked her mom afterwards. I asked my host mom. She's like, oh, it's this. And I was like, she didn't tell me. But definitely living in the country where you're trying to learn their language, it is, I mean, that is... It's like the the fast track to learning a language and to becoming fluent. Yes, even in the beginning, if you feel like I am so bad at this language, like I'm not going to understand anyone, for some reason, like at some point, you're going to be able to make yourself understood. Like you're always going to find a way for people to understand you, even if it's maybe not grammatically correct or if you don't feel so confident in it, like somehow they're going to understand you and you're going to be so much more confident afterwards because you're like... I just, like, I just did this. Like, I was mm -hmm. able to get my point across somehow, even if it was not perfect, but I did it. And that's going to make you so much more motivated to keep going because you saw that it's actually possible. Yeah, the first time I went to the doctor in French, I was, like, shitting myself. I was looking <laughs> up how to say, oh, there's so much mucus in my throat. I was looking up all of these things yes. because I was like, this is, this is, like medical French and not even really that medical it was like me saying I'm congested but I still had to learn that vocab but after I did that I was like on cloud nine there's yes. a high that is a high like no other when you yes. are successful in a uh speaking a language in a situation where you were really uncertain of how it was going to go before you do it it's like It really is. It's just, it's an amazing feeling and mm -hmm. it does, it helps you with your confidence so much because it is such a scary thing. And I think speaking a language that you feel you can't, you're not really sure if the other person will understand you or if you'll be able to understand anyone. I feel like that puts you back in a really, I don't know, maybe something you like a feeling you haven't experienced since childhood, right. Of really not, yes. not knowing how to communicate. So it's a really scary feeling. And that anxiety, I you honestly just feel helpless a little bit. I don't know. You do. And I think that's the hardest part I would say about learning a language is just, it's so scary you sometimes yeah. to speak it. You have it. to put yourself out there. Even if you are not 100% sure in yourself, like probably oh my god like I was procrastinating getting my metro card in Paris for so long because I was like how am I gonna get my point across like I don't understand like can I get a student card or like can I pay it for monthly or like how is this gonna work but when I got it I was like I'm gonna rule the world like mm -hmm. I was so proud of myself and just being able to get that point across was such a huge win and like that's also one thing that comes with language like Once you're fluent in a language or once you're like better at a language, you're going to get so much more confident. Like even if you're in a country that you've never been before, you don't know anyone, like maybe you're solo traveling, maybe you just got there by yourself, like you're at the airport and I don't know. But if you know the language, you're just going to be so much more self-assured. You're going to be like, people cannot talk shit about me because I'm going to understand. Like, <laughs> I know how to talk to people. I know how to get what I want. And even if you don't know a single soul in this country, you're still going to be so much more confident within yourself. And I feel like that itself is just so cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm probably going to be moving to Germany next year or so, you know. <laughs> Very exciting time. Come, come. But I'm so excited. Um, but just thinking about the fact that, again, I, I do already speak German, but it's, it's not perfect. And But knowing that I'm already coming to Germany with such a... A pretty high level for someone who hasn't yeah, learned it that long. But on for top of that... For someone who's not German, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm about to be German. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Um, but yeah, coming from that, but also everyone just speaks like perfect English in Germany for the most part. So it's like what Especially am I the even people worried about? You're gonna hang out with like the young oh, people, yeah, they speak on. German. Like you're not gonna hang out with someone's grandmother. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, I, I would. <laughs> I would. Uh, don't threaten me with a good time. I would love to hang. I love talking to old people in foreign languages, like old French ladies. I love them. They're just, they're just fun because such cute. They're cute because they're old and they're they're all. It's already you have like a generational difference. Just even if you're talking to somebody from your culture, but on top of that, you have the foreign language element. So it's there's even like. I don't know. There's just a lot of difference there. And I find it so yes. fun to talk to people like that because... Very exciting. But also, I feel like a perk of that is that they do speak very slow most of the time. So mm-hmm. that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. That's very helpful. Yeah, because when you're learning a language, you need people to talk like this. And it's very helpful. Because, yeah, especially French, I, they blend their words together. Like, literally, that's in language that they just, you know, attach the last letter of a word to, like, the next letter of the next word. Yes. So... It, it was very like when I first started. So I would love to like talk to an old lady who was very, very patient with me and was just happy that I was learning it at all. So those can be the best people to speak to for sure. But yeah, I just, I love learning languages and I love that you and I FaceTime once a week to practice on our languages. We talk for 30 minutes in French and then 30 minutes in German and then usually like an hour in English just to just <laughs> do just exactly what about random things. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't get enough out the first <laughs> The first hour that we were talking you know we have a lot of things to say though and we have yes we both are like really I think interested in each other's lives because we do lead pretty international lives like when oh my god we didn't even get to solo traveling yet but when you were oh I'm in Mexico today I'm in Mexico City haha I was like what tell me about that you know you just sharing everything I was like I'm obsessed with this yeah it's like you travel through another person it's really cool I don't know like just talking I feel like with like our calls, we could literally just do a whole podcast. Yeah, <laughs> if we would record it. But every, no, because this is like literally ev- everything we talk about. Every time we talk, we just talk about like it's languages. all the same topic. Yeah, we talk we just a, have a lot so about. So much to say about it. We have so much to say because it's just like we, I feel like you and I really have devoted our lives to this concept of just being global citizens and being people who are constantly trying to learn more about the world through talking to people you know we're not yes. just like studying it in our little rooms and that's how we learn about the world like I think you and I specifically we learn through communication and interacting mm-hmm. with people so it's just I feel very lucky to have you know you in my life for Aww. so many reasons but because you and I really share that core passion and yes. we're just so committed it's just, I feel very lucky to know you we're just like soul sisters <laughs> we are we're, and you know it's funny because like you're not American, obviously, and I'm I'm not German yet, but I'm about to be German. But I feel like we do kind of have, like, your very American vibes because you lived here twice. Mm. So you were kind of, in your English education, like, you have more of an American accent than you do a British accent in oh, English, Oh, really? You know? That's so... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I cannot even do a British accent if I wanted to. <laughs> no, I honestly think that maybe your American accent leans even more Californian than really? I would say... I mean, because more I than talk southern. to you so much. <laughs> I know that's what, and that's what I was asking uh, my other German friend Rebecca. We were speaking in German, and I asked her what kind of accent I have in German because, like in French, I obviously I have an American accent, but I also have like an American Parisian accent because that's the accent 
I learned. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, do I have a Southern, like, Bavarian accent, kind of? And she was like, no, you just sound American. I'm like, okay. but <laughs> Not yet. But, but I definitely don't have, like, an Austrian-American accent because I'm not learning, like, no. Austrian-German. You so. don't sound like a person from Austria or a person from Switzerland. You also don't sound like a person from Hamburg or, like, from the north. Mm-hmm. I would say your so, German is, like, pretty, pretty standard <laughs> German. Like, uh, no dialect yet. <laughs> Not yet, but I know that My influence that it, doesn't I reach that far yet. Not yet. I'm going to, like, start rolling my R's like the real... Oh, my goodness. Germany's I don't do that. Luckily, I don't do that. Can you say one word where you roll your R in, with, like, that accent? I just want to hear it. Oh, it's frangolenle. Ah, I think it's so funny. I don't know why. I think it's, like, it's so cute. It's, it's No, it's, it's so fucking ugly. Like, sorry. <laughs> like, I live, I live in a place where people do that, but my parents are from a different part of Germany, so I speak Swabian German, which I think is, like, a cute accent. Like, it makes you feel homey and, like, welcome and, like, cute, but, like, how people talk talk in my town it's just like plot ugly <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I I mean I like it but again it's not my cool it's like not where I'm from so but I bet I I'm not the biggest fan of the valley girl accent but everyone seems to be a hater of that accent like no matter what Whoa. yeah see here we go <laughs> Emma tell us that you hate the accent <laughs> girl yeah well <laughs> at least you don't have like such a bad valley girl accent that's nice no i know i lean more californian kind of girly i say i say girly i say like a lot you know i do <laughs> you say dude way. like all the time oh i do i do but i just love that word you it's use so like so many american slang words which i feel is so fun because i don't have a lot of people who do that like you say dude you say slay like a lot like i don't know anyone who does that because i don't have so many american friends and i love that people do so that is like i tried to like put that into my accent a little bit more but (laughs) so far it's not working no it is are you kidding me i I still think you lean more californian in your american accent but yeah it's cute to see how even the languages we're learning and because i speak to you Every week i'm probably you know the more fluent i get i probably am gonna adopt your accent more than obviously. i hope so i, I My accent so too. is great you My have a very cute accent in german is great <laughs> <laughs> and you're so humble about it too and that's that's just the best part <laughs> okay so before we go i mean this has been so much fun but i just want to ask you one more question and i know it's kind of a hard one but out of all of your travels so far where has been, or I guess what's your, like, top three or top five favorite places that you've been and why? Well, well, <laughs> just, like, to to be clear, like, New York is, I feel like, just always going to be my favorite because, I don't know, it's just the whole year I was there, it was amazing, it was great. Uh, it's just that New York... I don't know, just the feeling living there with all these people around me, international, being in the U.S. because the first time I was there, I was always like, this is, this is great. I'm going to come back for more. And I did. So that was, that was really cool. And just like the whole year I spent there was amazing. So I feel like that's why I love New York so much. And then I would say I loved New Delhi because it was my first real experience of like traveling without my parents out of outside of Europe which was great and like New Delhi is just like a crazy place like it's so busy it's so loud it's like colorful it's pretty dirty but it's like so cool because I had an exchange partner so I was really 
living the life of like an Indian person because I was not in the touristy spots. I was with a family living there in the middle of New Delhi. And it just felt very authentic and very like crazy. And like someone just threw me in there. And I was like, it was just amazing. Like also it was so beautiful. We went to so many really nice temples and it was very planned because my teacher planned all the trips. So we had a lot of cool things to do, but still it was very authentic. So that was, that was crazy. And then I don't know, like my, my solo traveling will always have like, a special place in my heart because it was just the first time being like 100% independent, no parents, no friends, no host family there to support me. Like I was completely and utterly by myself. Like when I, I was, I was just in Mexico doing like backpacking. I was in Mexico city. I was in Tulum. I was in Merida, Oaxaca. And then again in Mexico city. So I did like kind of a loop. I saw like a lot of different places. I took the plane inside the country. And like there were so many times when I was at the airport, I thought that they were like calling out by flight that it was like delayed or something. And I just didn't understand. So that was kind of nerve wracking <laughs> at some points, mm -hmm. but it was also teaching me so much like just doing that by myself as a woman when like a lot mm -hmm. of people told me girl you're going to Mexico and Brazil like you're gonna get robbed stabbed kidnapped like I was like okay but I did it anyway and I survived I didn't even get a single thing stolen so like that was a huge success so I feel like just being by myself knowing that I could do that knowing that I could just go up to random people and talk to them in the hostels like meet strangers from all over the world a lot of the time I actually met German people like I said because we're everywhere but <laughs> it was great and then like Brazil was even crazier than Mexico because I don't know like it was so hot and humid all the time I was just overwhelmed by the like the climate itself but I did volunteering there so I was part of a mosaic project which was crazy because I was living in a favela in Rio so it was so local it was so not touristy and I got there by myself but there were a lot of other volunteers there so I was not completely by myself but still it was such a crazy experience because Rio is like even like, I wouldn't say it's super dangerous but it's definitely a different vibe than Mexico because people even told me that Mexico is dangerous but Rio dude like that's completely different I didn't take my phone when I went out for clubbing like I went on a techno rave at the third night I got there and I didn't take a phone I went there with another girl she like at some point she abandoned me to find some drugs and I was just there by myself without my phone and I was like shit <laughs> what if she doesn't come back like I'm literally <laughs> stranded at this techno rave underneath a modern art museum which was really cool but still like how am, yeah. how am I gonna go back if she's not coming back for me but she did <laughs> luckily like her phone died later but still I was with her at least and like there's just so many crazy things like I got my blanket stolen when I was in Mexico because someone wanted to wipe their ass with it like that's still crazy to me I got woken up in the middle of the night at like 4 30 a.m because a drunk girl next to me thought that my blanket was her toilet paper so <laughs> that sucked but at least I was like it's kind of, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny, I have to say, but it was weird, but I still got through it. Like there were so many weird things. People didn't want to let me on the bus because they thought my ticket was invalid, which it wasn't. And I told them, and at some point I just like walked past them into the bus and like, you have to drag me out of here. 
And like so many things that if you're you're in this country now and even if it feels uncomfortable now, if you're not going to speak to a new person, you're just going to sit by yourself alone in your room. So you just do it. You just have to. And that like ultimum like thing, you just either you do it now or you're just going to like the rest of your day is just going to suck. So you just do it. Yeah. And that like reassurance in myself that I could actually do it by myself with not a lot of money, I have to add, like I traveled pretty cheap. And at some point I was not able to access my money, which also sucked. So there were like a lot of bumps in the road <laughs> along the way, but I still made it. It was still a great time. I met so many great people and like had the best experiences so I feel like just knowing that yes you can do it even though a lot of people told me that it's not a great idea and <laughs> that it's probably going to be dangerous and like my mom literally told me that she couldn't sleep the night before I went to Rio so I feel like now that I'm back I'm like if I can do that I can do anything yeah. so that is just such a cool thing to know Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we could do a whole episode just on solo traveling. And you know what? I think we should because this has been so much fun talking to you. And uh, you're just you're such a joy and you have so much. Uh, you're so young. You're are you 21 now? 22? Yeah, I'm, I'm 21. I'm turning 22 in like a few months. <laughs> yeah, you're 21. And look at everything you've done. So you just have so much uh, experience and wisdom and also just silly stories that I'm sure Girl, yeah. I know I want to hear more of them. And I'm sure everybody else would want to hear too. So thank you so much for coming on the pod. Well, thank you so much for having me like oh this my was God. a joy talking to you as always. Oh my gosh, as always, maybe the <laughs> next time we do this. I mean, I, who knows? we can do an episode in German I don't know I think it could be fun <laughs> I would love that <laughs> we could do it in French too maybe we do a hybrid German French people for the few people that speak oh my German goodness embarrassing French. myself on a podcast in French <laughs> oh my god I mean I embarrass myself on this podcast every day in English so you know <laughs> why not give another language the opportunity to make me look silly so it's always fun but thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, please rate us five stars if you love us. And we're just happy to be doing this. And until next time, do you want to say goodbye in German, maybe? Oh, my God. Wait, tell us <laughs> tell us uh, what you said about the cutesy ways to say choose. Oh, my goodness. There's so many. so cute. <laughs> There's so many ways, in, like silly ways. They're actually not cute. They're just pretty dumb, actually. But they're uh, kind of funny. I beg so to So there's differ. so many puns in German to say goodbye. Like, usually you would say, <laughs> you would say like, tschüss. But like, there's a, there's a city in German that's called Düsseldorf. And then like some people like me just say Tschüsseldorf so they just yeah, use tschüss like this the saying goodbye and then like they add the city which is so stupid but, like the the stupid part about this is that I didn't even realize that up until like a few weeks ago I thought it was just a fun word like Tschüsseldorf but then I realized fuck it's because there's a city called Düsseldorf I love that I mean I'm personally I'm a big fan of Tschüsseldorf so I'll say a little au revoir on my part and a goodbye and adios and and if you want to leave us with a little <laughs> just a dog, just a dog, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.